0: We're so glad you're with us for the final episode of this season of the We Are Wayfarers podcast. We've loved spending this season unpacking some of the pivotal passages of scripture that have and are shaping us.
1: This is season five, episode 10, and we've saved one of my favorites for last. In our season finale, we're turning all the way to the end of our Bibles to spend our time in Revelation twenty-two twenty.
0: Wayfarers, we're so thankful that you're with us today. Welcome back, Wayfairz. Oh my goodness, we are so glad that you're with us. This is this is episode 10.
1: Season finale.
0: Season finale, <laughs> right? <laughs> yes. Yeah, so we're laughing a little bit because what you guys don't hear is how many times that we, you know, we go to sit down, we go to record these moments, and then sometimes <laughs> something technical I just goes push wrong. push the wrong button. Yeah. Or forget to push a button. And by sometimes, I mean... Most times, but it's become quite a running <laughs> joke. A that, like,
1: that She's
0: like, okay, I'm hitting record. And then she hits record and then like music just shows up and mm-hmm. stuff. So we, you know, <laughs> we're glad that you're with us. We're thankful for the grace that you give us and all of the patience along the way. But this is episode 10. This is the season finale of, mm-hmm. of season five, which I was thinking about it. I went back and checked the math. This is our 50th episode. Since starting the We Are Wayfarers podcast,
1: that's incredible. Yeah, that's I mean, a lot. Also incredible that I'm still making all these mistakes after 50 episodes. <laughs>
0: I mean, I'm I refuse <laughs> to argue with you. Okay, no, no, that's a lot though. That's I I don't know how long that is, but that's a lot. That mm-hmm. that's a lot. And we're goodness, we're just we're we're thankful, we're grateful. I know we say this all the time, and I hope it doesn't mean any less by us repeating it. But we know there are so many of you that have listened along faithfully, but you've not just listened along. You've dove in with us. The whole heartbeat of creating this podcast was to just document conversations that we were already having, that we sensed that if we were to share them with others, that maybe it could point their hearts in the right direction, and it would encourage them forward in their walk with Christ, and it would put hope in front of them. And We have just been so humbled by all the encouragement we've received along the way and how many have, like I said, just not, not just listened along, but have loved us and prayed alongside us and entered into this with us. And we're just grateful.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. It means a lot that you guys would listen along, um, but also open your hearts to what what we're unpacking together that you would um, send us emails and messages to tell us about passages that are important to you and things that you've been thinking through Um, specifically in this season, just talking about the truth of scripture and how it's impacting each of us. It's just really encouraging um, to know that we have fellow wayfarers that are walking right along beside us.
0: Near and far, near and far. And I love that. I, we have so many moments where, we discover that somebody's been listening along. That well, I mean, we wouldn't know unless you tell us. You know, I mean, we there's. I guess the data can tell you what city you live in. That sounds kind of creepy to say out loud, but like I don't know how to interpret all of the the yeah, I, data stuff where they tell you where people are listening from and all that. But it's it just, hard
1: to trust something you don't understand. Yeah, <laughs> so like, but for us, what
0: my point is, my point is just. It blesses us when people just say, Hey, I'm, I'm in this with you and that's encouraging. And that only fuels us to keep leaning into it and documenting these conversations. So wayfarers, thank you. Thank you. But here we are. This is the final stretch leading up to Christmas. Mm -hmm. Uh, A lot of going on. I just had the privilege of sharing our story with our church family this weekend, Mm um, in our Advent see- series, you know, leaning into hope um, as we prepare to celebrate and are celebrating the first coming of Christ and looking forward to the second coming of Christ. Mm-hmm. This Advent season is always just so special, and I love Christmas time and the life of the church and, and all of that, and to be able to share the hope that we have and still navigating the heartache that we know with our church family, trusting that God can take broken people like you and me and point hearts to hope in Him through our sharing. Um, This was a good, beautiful weekend to be a part of.
1: Yeah, and I told our, our, our pastor, I was like, I just love the way that you pronounce that we are celebrating Christ's first coming while looking forward in hope to His second. Like, we don't have to, you know, separate those two we get to celebrate both we get to long for you know the second coming while resting in the promises of the first coming like we have all of these things it's not like you have to only focus on one and ignore the other you can do both and i love the way that our church has just encouraged that and pronounced that and like championed that heartbeat in each of us
0: yeah well you You have to keep acknowledging that like we all live in the tension of the now and the not yet. Right. And I know for us, it is knowing where we've walked. I feel like we have very vivid, very vivid like markers on our timeline that, that remind us of the tension of the now and the not yet and how we hold fast to hope in the midst of all the things that we have experienced. But for so many, like it's not always easy to just connect the dots on those things but the more we talk about it and the more we have space to unpack that it allows eyes to be fixed and hearts to be set mm-hmm. and so yeah we're we're grateful for our church family we're grateful for the privilege to to journey with them and the way they love us and the way that we love them and the people that God's woven into our lives but to share this this last weekend was such a it was a it was a new marker on our timeline to be able to enter in in that way mm-hmm. but today we got to jump in with another school mm-hmm. um, I mean it's almost Christmas and we are still doing <laughs> assemblies uh,
1: and they're all getting pretty antsy all those yes oh in my their goodness classes. today
0: today we interrupted. Um, party planning because tomorrow for a lot of students is their last day before several Christmas break. Movies. And when we' yeah, so when we <laughs> when we visit yeah on um, Polar Express at least a handful of times because <laughs> whenever we go to a school, we we get to do a large group um, presentation where we're teaching the handlebars, the language, the the, the heartbeat of lookout for the left out. But when we go to visit all the classrooms, which like today I think we were in 19 classrooms when you got one more day of school everyone is just thinking <laughs> get me out of here right and so it was cool to have all these moments where you come into a classroom and they're like they're here they're here you know and, and, and all the excitement but yeah we're interrupting polar express we did interrupt one test and those kids were like oh thank you they were like yes stay <laughs> as long as you can you know one one class we interrupted their party planning for tomorrow Um, but yeah, another, another incredible, beautiful day, just flooded with encouragement and holy, just special moments with kiddos.
1: Yeah. And we have one more tomorrow.
0: Yeah. We have one more tomorrow. So we'll we'll just see. I think we have 26 (laughs) classrooms that we're going to visit tomorrow with two presentations. So it will be a full day, a full day. We will come home exhausted, but. (laughs) But what a powerful way to wrap up this semester and to be able to continue going to schools and encouraging hearts to look out for the left out. Yeah. And, and so, yeah, we have been humbled over and over and over again. And I know I keep mentioning it, but, uh, 2024 is already filling up. And so if you're connected to a school in any, any form or fashion, and you want to pass along, look out for the left go ahead and do it because, um, it's filling up, and if we if we would love to visit your school, but we also know it's going to take some time to plan it. So, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> it's a big week for Calla Lily Slime Shop too. We've got a pop up shop on our porch on Wednesday, um, pick up days on Thursday and Friday because it is almost Christmas and it's time to get those gifts like all figured out as to what you're going to do. And I know that myself as a parent, I'm starting to. Not panic, but um, think through very strategically yeah. <laughs> how I will, how I will um, do the things I need to do. <laughs> yeah.
0: And, and how much sleep or lack thereof will be involved in that
1: strategy? for <laughs> this time of year yeah. that I'm like, why am I not an organized planning person like yeah. that? This is just, oh.
0: Well, I, you know, it'll all work out yeah. and we, We, I mean, in in the craziness of Pickup Day, um, because there's a lot of local pickups, and we're still shipping stuff out. We don't, I mean, the United States Postal Service does not guarantee that it will make it to you by Christmas. But we are sending things out as quickly and efficiently as we can so that if they've got a chance, it, you know, they got a chance. It won't be because of us, you know, (laughs) that that they didn't get to you. But um, Local Pickup Day is such a gift to my heart. Because we get to run into so many people. It is
1: so, it's so you. I'm like, I'm like
0: that happy guy um, in the drive-thru, you know, because that's what it is. It's like everybody's swinging by. If we were as efficient as Chick-fil-A, that would be amazing. (laughs) Um, We function a little bit more like a a McDonald's drive-thru, you know, but people come through. And we get these moments to give, um, whether it's their hoodies or their hats or their shirts or their slime. And sometimes it's kids that... We've got to see in school. And when that back window of a minivan rolls down, and I get to hand that slime to a kiddo that we've just visited in their school, my heart, it just, it's just good for my heart. I love it. And I am, I'm like the golden doodle that's been turned loose in the neighborhood. So um I just I'm excited about those moments. Yeah, and so, I,
1: I love that. I think people like it too.
0: Yeah, I hope so. <laughs> I mean, because I don't know how to change it or contain it. But there's your there's your heads up there. If you are still looking to snag something, I mean, whatever. Just visit lovelikecala.com and we will be as swift and agile as possible to get you all your stuff. But then we're gonna take a break. And we're gonna just Soak in Christmas together with our family and rest and just let all of the feelings, the good, the hard, the joyful, the gentle, all of it, um, just just be together as a family and celebrate some, some family birthdays, but celebrate the birth of Christ, that our Savior has come and that we can rejoice in knowing that because of that, we can be found in him because of him showing up and living life here in perfection and choosing to die for us and save us. Oh, I just, I'm thankful. Mm -hmm. So we're going to soak in that and rest in that. Um, And the year is coming to an end.
1: Yeah, it's hard to believe that it's almost 2024. And it makes you like kind of like stop and look back over the year. And as I do, I just think about how faithful God has been, how he has provided for us, like like even, even financially allowing this ministry to do what it does um, through the gifts of so many, um, but also op- opening so many opportunities, so many doors, like things I did not see coming, things that I personally had... Like, no ambition for, but God has just invited us into this adventure of being able to um, share with church families, of being able to share in schools and meet all of these kids and share our Kala and the inspiration that she's been to us, that she is to us, that um, we get to share that with them as well. Um, so many different ways that God has just been working. And just when we look back, we see that pattern of faithfulness that we always just attribute to his character, that that's unchanging, that no matter what comes, we can trust that if he said it, he will do it, that his promises are always going to be kept and that um, he equips even broken people like us to do the things that he calls us to. And so I'm grateful for that.
0: And it makes us that much more confident that God will continue to provide and continue to open doors and continue to give us the courage to walk through them. And so, yeah, we would love to serve your church. We'd love to serve your school. We'd love to serve your marriage, your family, however. That is our heart. And so if you want to visit the websites in any form or fashion, just find us, reach out to us, and we would look to see how we can serve you best. But we We better get to it, right? Like Mm -hmm. we gotta we gotta get to it because well enough yeah, enough chit chat. Oh, your dad getting another shout out. That's for you, Lalu. But hey, I also know this with this being the last one, my my gut tells me you're gonna try and cram in as many scriptures as is possible that we (laughs) were maybe gonna save for other. Okay, so here we are. This is this is Advent season. We can't help but think about the waiting, right? Like the waiting the longing for Christ's second coming. You know, we mentioned that a few moments ago, but like that that being pronounced in how we want to use this final episode. Because waiting, it's active. It's not passive. It's active. And the way that we wait matters. And so with that, let me pray. And then you can read our verse, our our pivotal passage, okay? Yeah. Gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for the privilege of being able to speak to you, trusting that you listen and you want to hear from us. And so, God, as we enter into this conversation about your word and your promises and our prayers and the prayers of Scripture, God, we pray that your word would be at work as it always is and that our hearts would be receptive to the work you want to do in us and with us and through us while we wait. And so, God, have your way with this conversation. May you receive all glory, honor, and praise through what comes from it. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.
1: So this is Revelation 2220, my very favorite verse in the entire Bible. It says, he who is the faithful witness to all these things says, yes, I am coming soon. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. And this verse is what is on my headstone. Um, we mentioned before, you know, Romans 8, 38, 39 is on Benjamin's headstone. Um, Colossians 1 is on our callous headstone. And this one is on mine. And this is just my heart. I have loved, loved, loved this verse. Um, because it has given me the words when there are no words to express that longing that I have for Jesus to return. This verse is like almost like a permission slip for me to long for that world that is to come. For all of the things that we welcome from a distance now, we can pray, come Lord Jesus. And I think a lot of times we can get, um, we can feel a little bit, not guilty, but like almost like ungrateful for longing for something new, something different, something more. Because the things that we have now, I mean, they're not they're not as they should be, but there are so many beautiful things in them now. But this doesn't this doesn't negate any of that it builds off of that like every beautiful thing that we experience in this world is just a whisper of what is to come and every negative awful thing that we have to endure in this world is a promise of what will be gone forever like you can do both you can long for heaven and still be grateful for the gifts that you enjoy in this world you can do both but this verse has just been my permission slip to not feel guilty for for longing for heaven like this is scripture this is absolute truth this is a prayer given to us and something that you know the church is told to pray and so this is my heart just obediently and joyfully and gratefully just shouting that out into into heaven come lord jesus
0: and urgently praying that. I think there's such significance in that this is the last prayer recorded in scripture. Mm -hmm. It's almost as if this is that final call, that final heart posture that we as the bride of Christ are to be postured to say, we are ready for the bridegroom to come Mm -hmm. back. I think there's something about even the simplicity of it. You know, I, my mind, I can't help but think of teaching Ezra and Kala and Lila breath prayers. Mm-hmm. You know, like as, I don't know, if, if your parents and you, you have invested time in trying to think through how you teach your children to pray, um, we are not experts, but we know this. Like we, one of the ways that, that I think we've, that have helped our kids begin developing a prayer life was by teaching them breath prayers. Just simple Phrases that you can say in one breath.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I remember, like, remember when Ezra, like, in in first grade, it would be like, "Jesus help me focus." It mm-hmm. was simply, "Jesus help me focus." That was he. I know he prayed that every day because he told us, you know, because teachers told us his that teachers told us that. <laughs> that, like, she could she could hear him say, "Jesus help me focus." But there's something about, "Come Lord Jesus," like even so, come. To pray Maranatha, yeah. like to pray that we long for you to come back. We we are urgently praying for you to come back. There is something about that being a breath prayer in our lives, and it and I maybe it's something that that anyone and everyone, not just our kids, can learn. But that that's what my, my mind kind of goes to is just the simplicity of it, while at the same time the profound power mm-hmm. of it, because it. It demands that your focus be on deeper things. You can't pray, come Lord Jesus, flippantly. Right. There's, there's nothing flippant about that.
1: Right. And I've talked to people before who have just like, and beautifully, honestly told me like, I don't know how to pray that. Like, I know that you're excited about that, but I don't know how to be excited about that. And I think a lot of that is just fear of the unknown, like fear of the things that that you don't understand but I think that the, that the beauty of Scripture, the beauty of what we have in the Bible, is that it takes all of the things that we might be afraid of and actually puts promise behind it. So if you trust the one who has written this, if you trust the one who has inspired every word of this, then you have nothing to fear because everything unknown is resting in his hand. And if you trust him, you have nothing to fear about his coming. Like you won't shrink back. Like you will be full of confidence on the day of the Lord, like urging, like hastening it along, like beckoning it, always like waving it in because you're so excited for what God has planned ahead for us. Like, there is, I understand, a, an element of like the unknown, but when you trust the one who holds the unknown, you, you, you can have confidence as you, as you face it, as you welcome it.
0: Yeah, because the only way to step into the future is to trust the one who holds it. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes for people, like, it's because we love life. We love life. And I don't, I have no criticism for loving life here. But I know that loving life here is but a glimpse of what life there will be. And I don't have a way of changing how I've learned that. That is my reality. And so sometimes, like I was just talking with somebody about this at church yesterday, of like like something, one of the things that, that you learn in grief, I would say this, I don't feel afraid of anything. And I don't mean that in that weird, despairing, depressed way. I mean that in that absolute hope kind of way. I don't feel afraid of anything. And I don't say that carelessly or flippantly. I say that faithfully. But I do think, I do think if we don't draw the connection to the promise, like holding that together, then it feels like really, really heavy instead of really, really simple. And I, my mind, when I turn over it and I think of it, it, it has everything to do with readiness. It has everything to do with an urgency. And if we've not encountered things that cause us or prompt us to live with urgency, it impacts our readiness. And if we don't feel ready, we maybe aren't as, as prepared to pray it.
1: But I feel like that should pull your heart forward to know who it is that is that's the faithful witness that's in this verse. You know, yeah. like the faithful witness, the character of who Jesus is. He says, Yes, I am coming soon. And if you know who Jesus is, you know he is kind, he is gentle, he is gracious, he is compassionate, he is merciful, he is, you know, the The perfect friend, the perfect one who is coming for us and who loves us so completely that he would give his whole, his entire being to be with us. Like that is his heartbeat to be with us. And that is our heartbeat to be with him. Like When you trust who the faithful witness is, it changes everything.
0: And it changes the way you live here, like that. This is quintessential heavenly thinking invading earthly living. This is exactly what we're talking about. And I love how you referenced, you sneaking in other verses and stuff like that. But context, 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 right? Same chapter, verse seven, verse twelve. I'm look, see, I'm I'm coming soon. I'm coming soon. I'm coming soon, right? Like in this chapter, three times referencing. Jesus coming soon, Mm -hmm. one of which is the prayer, Lord Jesus, like come Lord Jesus. The idea of coming quickly, that we would be the ones that are so laser focused on Christ's return and that the bride of Christ would be living with such eager expectation that Romans 8, eager expectation that all creation has, we would be the ones joining the chorus of creation with that eager expectation for His return.
1: Yeah, and I love that verse. Um, and I also know that like the context of it is like the whole creation is groaning, like it's in the context of of things not as they should be in the yeah. context of of the in between of yeah. suffering. Yeah, well, the context of is the... that
0: like the, our our present sufferings will not compare to the glory that is ahead. It's that, it's that same context. I think that's why creation is groaning, but in eager expectation for all things to be made right. And they can't all be made right until Jesus returns.
1: But I think that thread runs all the way through scripture where you you recognize the sufferings that you endure, but you tie it to hope for that coming day. Like it's in Titus, it's in Jude, it's in Philippians, it's in, you know, First Corinthians, I knew it's you were in 2 Timothy, it's in, like, it's everywhere. You're
0: like, it's going to be in this episode and that episode of this because I love it. I love it. Go. I but won't I stop those, you.
1: Those are some of my favorite verses too, like, because... Because, like, I'll just turn here to Jude, um, Jude 20 and 21. But you, dear friends, must build each other up in your most holy faith, pray in the power of the Holy Spirit, and await the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ, who will bring you eternal life. 1 Peter 4.13, uh, these trials make you partners with Christ in his suffering so that you will have the wonderful joy of seeing his glory when it is revealed to the world. Titus 2 um 12 and we are instructed to turn from godless living and sinful pleasures we should live in this evil world with wisdom righteousness and devotion to god while we look forward to the hope with hope to the day the wonderful day when the glory of our great god and savior jesus christ will be revealed we are always told to be looking forward expectantly we put our present sufferings in perspective recognizing that the worst things are not last things, that this is just for now, it is not forever, that the coming day will come when the coming one will come, and that when he does, he will set up his kingdom on earth, he will set all things right, there will be no more death or sorrow or crying or pain, all those things will be gone forever because he is making all things new. We are told to look ahead, and it puts everything else in perspective in relation to that longing, in that coming day
0: well and that longing that attitude that mindset of eyes fixed and heart set like this type of expectancy this type of urgency it should provoke a different way of living here i mean it should provoke well like hebrews outbursts of love right spurring one another on to outbursts of love to love and good deeds like this mindset spurs us on to all kinds of beautiful ministry of the way that we seek to love and serve other people. But also, I think it provokes evangelism, if I can use a churchy word, right? It, it provokes a longing to say, there is so much at stake. Like to pray, come Lord Jesus, and not be willing to pursue people far from God with the gospel of Jesus, with the goodness of God. It's reckless to not, like like so much is at stake, like to pray this prayer and have this mindset and have this attitude, this urgency and expectancy. It should provoke in us a desire to seek out those far from him, those lost and point their hearts to Jesus mm-hmm. by sharing the hope that we have, because so much is at stake, and I don't want anyone missing the party.
1: Yeah, because we have so much confidence based on the promises of Christ that what will happen for the for those of us who believe in him and have accepted him as Savior and King, we know what's awaiting us, but we also know what awaits those who do not have a faith and a love and a, a hope in Jesus. We also know that scripture reveals both sides of it. And so that should just drive our hearts to compassion, to obedience, to recognizing that God doesn't want anyone. He's not willing that anyone should perish, that he wants salvation for every single person, that it's available to every single person. And so as followers of Christ, we implore people be reconciled to God, come home to God. This door is open, but it won't always be. So we have got to have our our hearts ready, full of courage, ready in every season to share about the hope that we have because there's so much at stake.
0: And that makes my mind jump to the like second Peter three. Mm-hmm. You know, just you you reference and that just makes me think of how his patience is our salvation. Like his patience is our salvation. His the-
1: patience gives other people time.
0: of righteousness.
1: And it goes right on. And so, dear friends, while you are waiting for these things to happen, make every effort to be found living peaceful lives that are pure and blameless in his sight. And remember, our Lord's patience gives people time to be saved. His compassion is the reason for the delay. His compassion, his love, his longing for every single person to be saved is the reason for the delay. And that, like, that has been something that has grounded my heart because even in praying that prayer that is scriptural, that is absolutely given permission for us to pray, it has to be a request, it cannot be a demand in our hearts. We have to remember we do not have the whole picture. Yes, we have a hope that is coming to us. It is secure. It is already like it is happening. There is nothing that can stop Jesus's return. It will happen just as he said it will. But we cannot be the ones who are demanding it. Right now, we have got to have a posture of humility to remember it is His coming in His time, in His way, and for His glory. Like we do not get to demand it or try to set it on our own timeline. timeline. God has a purpose, He has a plan, and He has a time. And we have got to just trust that it is for His glory and our good.
0: His glory. And our good. And I think of all the trust that is bundled up in that tension. There's so much trust required of us to lean into that. Because, I mean, I I think of the ministry that we get to be a part of. It's prompted by this prayer. Mm -hmm. It's prompted by this urgency, this expectancy, this desire, this longing to just be ready. And to ready the church to call and equip fellow wayfarers, fellow believers to deeper living with eyes fixed on Jesus and hearts set on heaven. We want to call people to look forward. Scripture repeats it over and over and over and over and over again to look forward, look forward, look forward. It doesn't mean we just ignore the things right here. It means that it shapes the way we interact with everything here because we are looking ahead. We are looking forward forward to Christ's return, and he uses the word soon a lot, <laughs> and that's hard, because it takes us back to waiting, and all kinds of ideas can form in our minds when we think of soon. I don't think Jesus is using it flippantly, and I don't think, I don't think John is either, <laughs> Oh, but soon can be interpreted so many different ways.
1: But I think that the way that we understand the word soon is built on faith. That faith that gives us confidence that what we hope for will actually happen. It gives us assurance about things that we can't see. If we trust the one who says he is coming, then he is coming. And we live in light of that. I love something you remind people of in so many of your sermons. That hope held out is no hope at all if it is not anchored in the coming day of Jesus. Like that is our hope. That is what we what, what what draws us forward. These are the promises that we build our lives on through faith, and as we wait in hope, looking forward to the coming day of the Lord. I love these verses just before um in in 22:17 where it says the spirit and the bride say come let anyone who hears this say come let anyone who is thirsty come let anyone who desires drink freely from the water of life. Like these are to be our heartbeats. These one word breath prayers, this welcoming perspective, this living in the imminence, the inevitability of the promises that Jesus is returning soon. As we wait, our hearts should beat with that prayer. Our our breaths should like reverberate with that prayer. come, come, come. And I love like the way that John tells the story, the the way that John writes this. It's almost like he has a flashback in this moment where he says, let anyone who is thirsty come. Because if you look back um, to John uh, 7, um, 37, it says, on the last day at the climax of the festival, Jesus stood and shouted to the crowds, anyone who is thirsty may come to me anyone who believes in me may come and drink for the scriptures declare rivers of living water will flow from his heart it's almost like he has a flashback of when jesus has said come to so many people who are lost and looking for a savior needing a messiah so desperately it's almost like he has a flashback a memory of when jesus said that and this is just straight where his heart goes let anybody who is thirsty come come And drink freely from the water of life. I love that. I love that. You you almost see a memory come to life in him.
0: And I hope you hear his invitation. And I hope you hear his promise. Yes, I am coming soon. I know my heart needs that invitation and my heart needs that promise. And so as we wrap up this time and we wrap up this episode and we wrap up this season and we look ahead, our prayer is that you would receive that invitation and you would cling to that promise, that your heart would long for the day of Christ's return and you would live in light of the truth of its inevitability, of its imminence that you would fix your eyes on Jesus and you would set your hearts on heaven and you would long for the day of his return.
1: Amen. Come, Lord Jesus.